Hi, I'm Brett Johnson, former United States Most Wanted cyber criminal, now good guy, and host of The Brett Johnson Show. Today's episode is episode number 80, Kellyanne and Michael Wunsch. It's a prison politics episode. When we come back. All right, so we are back to today's episode of The Brett Johnson Show, episode number 80, Kelly Ann and Michael Vunch, a prison politics show. Hey, before we get started, I just wanted to say a few words about the prison politics shows that we're doing. Um, I had initially intended for prison politics to be a standalone show of its own, and it may actually get to that point. Uh, before I started to do that, I wanted to flesh out what this show was going to become. Uh, the idea came from Matt Cox. He runs the True Crime channel over at YouTube. I'm a friend of his. And Matt calls me up one day, and he was asking for advice for a speaking gig. And I'm always asking for advice on a YouTube channel. He's making money doing that. I'm making money speaking. So, hey, if you put our two heads together, maybe we'd be all right. But we were talking, and he says to me as, we're hang as I'm hanging up, he's like, Brett, you really need to be interviewing criminals. And I said, Matt, I don't want to talk to a bunch of fucking criminals. And the reason for that, I explained it to him. Hey, hey, I don't want to hear people bragging, people embellishing, people not accepting responsibility, people crying about how mommy didn't hug them enough or what have you. I didn't want to hear those stories. What I want to hear, if I'm talking to somebody who has committed a crime, I want to hear the truth of the matter. I want to hear them accept responsibility and accountability and just give their real story. And I was really scared that if I started talking to criminals, because I've spoken, I've done a few interviews in the past and I was really scared. Hey, they're just going to brag. They're going to embellish. I'm not going to be able to believe what they say, yada, yada, yada. So I went, I, I hung up with Matt and I started thinking about it. I came up with this idea for prison politics and the show was, it was supposed to be how someone who is incarcerated, how that incarceration can skew their view of societal and political issues post-release. All right. That's that's a high, a high-minded type of show. And I was like, you know, I can enjoy doing that. It'll be a political show. And I can enjoy doing that. And so I went down, I, I recorded the show with Matt and I told him the idea for the show. And Matt looks at me and he was like, Brett, you just don't want to have a YouTube channel at all, do you? Because he knew that, hey, nobody's going to watch that bullshit. So I I've let this show kind of ferment. I've made a sign, everything else, and um, I've got a standalone website, everything else. It's not launched yet. But I thought, okay, what I need to do is I need to flesh out what prison politics is. And once it's fleshed out, we'll see if it's able to support itself on its own program instead of just part of the Brett Johnson show. But until that point, it's going to be part of the Brett Johnson show. Well, here's the thing. I have been interviewing people, interviewing former felons for a few weeks now, and I absolutely now understand what this show is supposed to be. The first interview you're going to see, I did one previously with Tom Hughes, and Tom was very good about helping me realize what I needed to be talking about on this show. And guess what? It's not about politics. It's not about Democrats or Republicans or what you think about LGBTQ or any bullshit like that. What this show is, what I want this prison politics show to be is giving felons a voice, a truthful voice. 
talking about the difficulties, what led them to commit crime, how they accepted responsibility, how they're how they've turned their life around or how they've not turned their life around those problems and issues. I, I want people to understand that at the end of the day, that we are all human beings and we all deserve respect. And the reason I say that uh, on, I'm on LinkedIn, I've, I've you know, I, these days I'm I'm in cybersecurity. I'm, I've got a really good career as a speaker. I've got a book in the works. I've been on a couple of documentaries. Uh, this YouTube channel at some point will absolutely take off. I've got no um, no doubt about that. But I see over and over that members of our society like to marginalize people and come up with terms for people to make them subhuman so that they don't have to um, identify with those individuals. And that happens a lot with felons. It happens a lot with, mo with most types of groups of people, whether by color, ethnicity, actions, what have you. But with felons, you know, I, I was uh, about a year, year and a half ago, there was this thing on LinkedIn where people that I knew were trying to come up with new terms to call criminals. And they were coming up with these, you know, just horribly derogatory names. And, and here's the thing. I'm a former criminal. I'm a former felon. I admit it. I embrace it. Yes, I did that shit. Not happy about it. I victimized. I hurt people, hurt myself, hurt people I knew, hurt people I didn't know. All right. I did that. I've accepted that responsibility. I am fully accountable for my actions. But for someone to come up and, and say, you know, we need a new term for these people who are committing fraud or people committing crime, because it's not just enough to call them fraudsters or to call them felons or to call them criminals. What you're doing is you're seeking to dehumanize that group of individuals. And I've got to tell you, that doesn't sit right with me. So this show, as I'm starting to see it now, this prison politics show that's now under the Brett Johnson show umbrella, today's episode with Kellyanne and Michael Bunch is really the first uh, the first real interview other than Tom Hughes. Tom Hughes was the pilot, but uh, other than Tom Hughes, this is the first interview where I, I've really started to fully realize that, hey, this show, when I'm talking to former criminals, this show needs to be, hey, we are all humans at the end of the day. Now, here's the thing. Some of these people I talk to, you ain't going to like. Some of these people you will like. But at the end of the day, you don't have to like them. You don't have to uh, understand them. The only thing I ask is that you sit there and listen and pay attention to their story, pay attention to their hardships or difficulties and, and hear what they're trying to say. Some of these people have been able to turn their lives around. Some have not. I've spoken today to uh, Kellyanne and Michael. Kellyanne served 16 years in prison. Michael, 28 and a half years in prison. The longest he's ever been free is right now a year and a half. I sat down, I spoke with him for well over an hour and a half, and I've got to tell you, I've got nothing but the utmost respect for both of those individuals and the way that they're trying to turn their lives around. I hope you enjoy the show. Enjoy may be a strong word, but I hope that you, uh, that you take something away from the show. My name is Brett Johnson, and without further ado, my conversation with Kellyanne and Michael Vuch. What I would like to know... Uh, you know, when I talked to you on you both on the phone, you said that, um, uh, Mike, you'd served, what, 28 and a half is what you said? Yeah. It's a lot of time, man. I mean, that's a lot of yeah. time. Uh, uh, how old are you, man? 
Uh, I'm 46 years old. Uh, you want me to give a little breakdown of my, my yes, story? Sir. If you don't mind, I'd appreciate that. Yes, sir. All right. So, uh, like at the age of seven, I grew up pretty in a pretty normal situation under a single mother. Uh, she became addicted to cocaine uh, at the, around the age of seven. I was molested repeatedly by a babysitter, and I started acting out. And so she got really stressed out. Plus, she has a lot of mental problems. So uh, uh, she left me, uh, abandoned me at the at the age of seven. I had, Went and lived with a great aunt and uncle for a little while, but you know, being a only child uh, under a single mother, that was my rock, right? So, right. like, I started acting out in crazy ass ways, starting fires and doing, you know, uh, things to try to get attention and stuff like that, you know. Right. But uh, so I became uh, kind of a lost at that point in time in my life right and, and uh like i didn't know these great this great aunt and uncle they were just some weird people that i seen on a holiday once in a while and at seven years old you can only imagine right right so uh uh they couldn't handle me and uh i ended up going to live uh in uh detentions and foster homes and group homes which I would run away from every single one that me in because I didn't know these people and I don't want to know them, right? Now. And uh, uh, anyhow, I ended up living in, with my dad in California where I was still doing criminal behavior and uh, getting locked up. And uh, my dad was abusive and an alcoholic. And, uh, you know, so I was going in and out of uh, jail and institutions and uh so by the time i was 15 i moved back here to arizona they had found my mother she had recovered somewhat but now she's a paranoid schizophrenic her mental illness had kicked in right over that period of eight years that i was out you know in institutions trying to live with my father and family members and whatnot but, uh, yeah, so I, ended, I became a ward of the state in Wisconsin and was living in institutions and uh, came to Arizona on an interstate compact when I was 15 to live with my mother, yes, sir. who is a paranoid schizophrenic. And, uh, you know, just it's the first argument, everything came out. I threw it all on her. Like, you fucked my life up type thing and uh really threw blame game around and, and uh i took off ran out onto the streets and started using drugs and it wasn't wasn't even a year late you know i wasn't even barely 16 years old and uh i had got uh aggravated assault with a deadly weapon hit and run vehicle theft and numerous other charges right and uh I went to prison from then on uh, until I was 26 years old. And uh, that's where the whole prison thing starts coming in and institutions and the mentality that comes with that and how, how your brain kind of changes from a human into uh, something else. Right. Well, depending on the area of prison that you're in, but um, 
yeah, your mentality definitely changes. Uh, you're brainwashed, I believe, with uh, political uh, uh, attributes. Yeah, different. You know, it depends on what race you are. What to conform you know, head. especially over here on the West Coast. Right. Uh, it's real political uh, by race. Like Mexicans are with the Mexicans, whites are with the whites, blacks are with the blacks, and natives are with the natives. Right. And uh, you know, and then there's certain connections within that realm too, like the whites. Uh, only associate with uh, the Mexicans and the natives, and you're indoctrinated into these ideologies, this uh, racist ideologies, uh, as soon as you get into prison. It actually starts in juvenile, but when you get into the male's adult prison is when it's really full, 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 Full blast. Full blast. Swim, bro. Right. You don't have a choice. Yeah, I, I get yeah. it. I get it. I mean, I I, yeah. I served Fed time, and I was I was lucky enough. You know, Fed is a little bit well, not a little bit. It's a hell of a lot softer than uh, than state penitentiaries. Just to be honest. Right. I mean, you, the, especially the, when you're doing it in close confinement. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. He did most yeah. of his time in Central Unit, and anyone from Arizona that knows Central Unit, you know that ain't no joke. So 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 describe Central Unit to me if you don't mind. Well, Central Unit has. Uh, multiple buildings. There's CB1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, and 7. And then uh, we call CB8 is SMU1. That's the Supermax unit. Right. But it's it's located in a different area. But uh, central unit is called the walls. It's got 30-foot high walls with guard towers. And, uh, yeah, you're confined in an area. Well, they don't have it anymore. It's unmanned now yeah. because everyone is mostly locked down in the buildings nowadays. Okay. But back in the 90s when I went in there, it was, it was the uh, gladiator school slash uh, uh, walking five yard. That's the maximum security yard. There's so, no higher you can get at that at that point. Yeah, you know what I mean. So, so why did they? You went in there. Why did they put you in max? Was that was that your first prison sentence or not? Uh, yeah. Well, for as an adult, but okay. So when I was a juvenile, I got sentenced to all that time, right? Right. So I had to stay in juvenile until I turned eighteen. Okay. And then when I turned eighteen, I escaped. Gotcha. I. I climbed a fence and I took off for like a month and caught even more charges. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like I, I didn't have escape here too, man. Yeah, I got yeah. you. <laughs> so uh, that has to be a consecutive sentence to the time that you were already doing. And uh, so I got that consecutive sentence and it jacked up my prison jacket. Mm -hmm. So when I got classified, I immediately went to a five yard. Okay. And and then with my background and growing up in institutions and treatment facilities and all of that, I was just a shoe in for uh, uh, these uh, prison gangs. Right. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm already a fighter. I'm already willing to do Whatever the dirt. Yep. You know what I'm saying? So they seen that and they seen my willingness. Plus, not only that, like. I haven't had a lot of family in my life and stuff like that. And they give that to you. The they, they, they give you that uh, sense of belonging. 
that you're part of the family, you know, and uh, for me, the Aryan Brotherhood, and uh, I went full steam with it. Uh, my pops, my prison pops, was a, a, a Aryan Brotherhood member, and uh, I got schooled like that, you know. So I put in my work. I earned all my ink. Uh, I did all of that. I'm completely tattooed from head to toe. I see that. Yeah. I mean, I got to be honest, man. That's, that's some nice ink you got there. Hey, right? Yeah, full tattooed. <laughs> legs, feet, back. All that. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it was like back then you saw everything meant something. Right. Like you had to earn, you know, uh, if you were getting your white pride, you had to beat someone up or run a mission for each letter okay. of that. And then there's all these, uh, you know, books you have to read. Right. Uh, you know, <laughs> the art of war. Machiavelli, all this different political stuff that they, you know, Nietzsche, beyond good mind and evil, comp. all this ph philosophy, mind comp, all of this stuff. And uh, you kind of get caught up in all of that and you start believing it. Right. And uh, and then you're in, you know, you're locked in with their program and stuff. And then as you get to a certain point, you become a heat wave. So then you have like the SSU, that's like the special uh, gang unit of cops mm -hmm. that uh, give you validation for your gang activity in prison. Yes, sir. Uh, so they start recognizing you as being part of this clique or that clique or whatever. And then you have to de-escalate your activities. So then you start training other youngsters that are coming into prison, just like I was trained. So, so let, you let me know? ask you, Mike, it, when, when, when you came in, how were you, how were you approached to join the, the Brotherhood? And, and by, by that comparison, when you approached other people, how did you approach them to join the Brotherhood? Uh, well, yeah, it's not, you're not really asked to join. Okay. It's more like you get thrown into the fire. First thing off, you're a youngster. Like I was, uh, I was, I was only 18. Maybe, you know, in a, in a grown ass man's prison. Right. Like these are all convicted convicts, killers, you know, you name it. Right. And back then we used to have sex offenders on the yards with us. Ah. So, and the cops would tell us, you know, who's the sex offenders. And not only that, it was on your paperwork. Right. And it was like a trapment. You know what I so, mean? So right. uh, I immediately, because of the issues I've had in the past, not only that, I just don't like sex offenders. Um, uh, I immediately sought to earn my bones like that. So I found me a sex offender and I smashed his ass out right off the rip. I was in prison a week. Right. And uh, I felt that I needed to do that to show my elders respect and that I needed to do it for me, right? Because I don't want to live around these guys. And so uh, anyway, that earned me a little name. And uh, I kind of already had a little name already from my juvenile 
and all of the other prior institutions that I had been in as a kid, right? Right. So some of these guys already knew who I was, but um, over a period of time, uh, people get to notice you, right? And so I got pulled up. And that, by that meaning, somebody just starts schooling me, giving me tips and looking out for me, making sure, hey, you want to earn, you know, your keep and shit like that so that you can have your food, your cigarettes, uh, clothing, TV, stereo, that have all your stuff. If you don't have nothing, You're that's nothing. an easy guy to pull up. Yep. Right. Right. Exactly. You know, hey, bro, I'll pay you just start cleaning my cell, cleaning this, do this, do laundry, whatever it is. You know, we say we're putting you on a hustle, but really I'm checking your character. The whole time you're doing any of this, if you've got the capability to handle this with ease, man, maybe I'll give you some more capabilities. Maybe I'll start giving you some drugs to sell. If you could sell these drugs, you could be an earner. Well, shit. And then let me see you represent yourself in a certain way and if you can handle your business and I, by that i mean other people and and uh and be able to fight for what you're gonna do you know if we could see that you're down and by that i mean you know you're willing to to scrap right and uh and not only that but you can do it good you know because <laughs> we don't want no guy that can't fight we don't want fight to fight you know what i'm saying so uh it's kind of embarrassing yeah oh, yeah yeah so, <laughs> you know and not only that but we'll train you we'll work out with you we'll do all these things to get you built up right well you're as a soldier is also mandated you know they have to i mean we out. don't we don't we didn't read all them books for nothing you know right. plato's theory on the guardian uh nietzsche's theory on the superman you know machiavelli uh, the Prince, uh, all these different things are already ingrained to our heads. So we're going to try to raise a kid up into some super criminal soldier, you know? Right. Right. And we're pretty good at it. So, uh, yeah, so I was trained like that and I did that and I was really successful in prison like that. And, uh, uh, you know, I moved up in the ranks and whatnot. I be could have became a, a, a member of the Aryan Brotherhood, uh, a patch holder is what right. we call it. And uh, to, to kill another person, you know, you got to bleed into it, right? Okay. That's what we call it. And that's, that means, you know, going out and stabbing somebody or killing them, right? Right. And so... Uh, yeah, I, I ha I've had that opportunity, but certain circumstances changed the situation to where I couldn't do the mission. Yes, sir. You know, but uh, I was offered it. And uh, anyhow, but at a certain point in my career in there, that's, that's what we'll call it. Uh, I realized that it was all a lot of bullshit and it was mostly around money and drugs. Right. Control. And control, right? You know, because if I can control everybody, then I can live well while I'm in prison. What what right? made you what made you realize that it was like that? Uh just seeing the character and being in it long enough. Cause at first you kind of idolize these people, like, hey man, they got everything, they're in control of everything. Uh, you know, 
they're living their life in here the best way they can. Right. And you think that you're instilling in other people good standards and conduct and this type of stuff, right? You think that. But the reality of it is hypocritical. Is that you're just trying to dominate and take advantage of everything that's going on around you mm -hmm. and uh, control all the drugs, control the money so that you and your, your brothers are set up. Right. You know but what I'm you saying? You use other races. Does that make sense? It You're does. conformed to believe one way and then all of a sudden that's your business partner. So it's kind of like, yeah, our business, our business partners were the Mexican mafia. You dig what I'm saying? So it's kind of hypocritical in a sense of, but they have no way other, you know, choice, right? That's the only person that's going to have their back in any situation, right? right? Yeah. Um, unless it's a fight against each other, but that's not. It's rare. It's very rare for that. Okay. okay. But uh, yeah, from my understanding of Mills Prison, it's like sink or swim. You know what well, I mean? They give yeah. you a slack of rope. And I wanted, I wanted to ask you, Kelly. So, so how did how did your prison experience differ from Mike's? <laughs> Oh, this is all a different ball of wax right here. Oh, I, I have no doubt. Yeah. I mean, uh, so a little bit about myself. You know, mm -hmm. I've uh, been on my own since I was 13, pretty much, in and out of institutions. I was raised in a, a white-collar family. Uh, my father was a stupid, intelligent man. Like, that motherfucker was a aerospace engineer, but had um, the personality of an asshole. Um, right. Him and I did not see eye to eye, no emotion. I'm second, basically second generation, right? And uh, we were we were very conformed into believing what he what he thought was right. Uh, Unspeakable to me, he's a Vietnam vet, right? I had no clue until uh, I got out of prison. <clears throat> so I kind of understand his anger issue, right? But I wrote on the coattails of his anger, right? Um, I've had uh, been abused most of my life. Um, got married when I was 16 because I got pregnant because I wanted someone to love me unconditionally. Right. And obviously a woman's going to believe that's their child. Yes. So I got married because my father said I can't have a bachelor grand grandchild. Um, and I married the epitome of my father. Um, uh, he was a biker, right? And uh, I don't know if you know much about Arizona, but, you know, uh, there was the DD and then it changed into something else I don't need to talk about. DD is a dirty dozen. Um, and you are basically their property. Um, and they do what the fuck they want to you. Um, in that time of six years, he had eight children and mine was the oldest. And the seven others were not mine. Um, and so I, I had to get out of my own. You know what I mean? So I, I would run away. He would find me. And so uh, I basically found a family. Um, and mostly because I'm an extremist, right? I'm a Virgo. So if I'm going to go small... I don't. I, I just go all the way full throttle. You dig what I'm saying? So I got you. Um, I became the opposite, but same as Michael, but on the street. I was I was skin bird. And, um, now, what is a skinhead? Uh, a skinhead. Okay, gotcha. Um, but a female skinhead. We're gotcha. birds, right? B-Y-E-R-D. Um, okay. I've earned my political ink on the street. So his is prison, mine in the street. And in, in, you know, in our world, we're <laughs> yeah. different right i'm not like my brothers will say i'm not prison made i'm street made and, okay. and it's a big fucking thing you dig what i'm saying like 
my dick is bigger because I was on the street. It really isn't. It's the same fucking size, y'all. But yeah, like in prison, the uh, Aryan Brotherhood. They're separate. From and the, the skinheads. Or the Peckerwoods. Uh, we don't really get along. We don't really see eye to eye. Because okay. Peckerwoods don't do drugs. Peckerwoods don't do business with others, right? Okay. They do business on their own. But then you conform because you have no other way to exist, right? Because right. someone that saved my life did, did that, right? Um, but I'm not going to talk about him. But anyway, so uh, uh, I go out to Tucson, and I'm living my life. And I got in a situation where um, I was told that my victim was a snitch on one of my brothers for murder on a cop. And uh, I'm a female, so females handle females. You dig what I'm saying? Like, right. no man's going to put a hands, especially in front of me. I'll fuck you up. I don't care. I'm not afraid of a man. But um, in our line of work, like, you don't do that. You know what I mean? You know your place too, right? right. So um, I beat her up, and uh, a month later, I'm getting arrested by a 15-man SWAT team being charged with conspiracy to commit first-degree murder, attempted first-degree murder, kidnapping, and a criminal syndicate. I'm looking at 95 years in prison um, by the age of 26. Good Lord. But got, the real deal of the story is, is that uh, when she assaulted the girl, she mm -hmm. beat her up. Another guy came up and, and slit her throat, and, slit her throat ah. and stabbed her. And so because she was there, she is a part of the crime. Right. But I didn't find Unbeknownst all these, to her. Right. She didn't know that this had happened. And it was a setup. I was the scapegoat, right? Because I was the actually only real one there. Do you think what I'm saying? Like, I, uh, um, I carried a SWAT. I carried a fucking Glock 45 on my hip unless I was in a bar. I was a professional, I was a professional alcoholic functioning. Uh, I, I wanted to be a geriatric nurse, to be quite honest, and uh, I, I fucked it up all because I was wearing steel toe boots. You dig? I was I was booted right. in lace. You know what I mean? Right. And uh, so February fourteenth, I got arrested on Valentine's Day. Um, I'm looking at ninety five years. My uh, bond was a million secured cash, um, and my whole family basically said, "I have one father, one mother, one aunt, one uncle. They're married. One cousin." One brother, one sister, that's it. And then my two beautiful children. Um, so very small family, you feel me? Like, I don't have, like, all these people to support, to support me. Right. Um, so uh, in, my, in my stint, I did two and a half years in Maricopa County fighting for my life. I got an open-ended plea. I should have got aggravated assault. But uh, I was blessed with, and I say blessed with. Uh, you can only imagine the prosecution sees... Oh yeah, uh, skinhead. This is a gang uh, racial uh, thing that's going on. That they, they're automatically going to assume that they're going to slam me down. They're going to give right. you uh, uh, criminal syndicate charges, uh, anything is, like that, any kind of affiliation that they can associate with your case. They're going to, and they're going to max out your sentence. So right. it's ten years per charge. So it's twenty-five, twenty-five. And then 15 for kidnapping, and then 10 years per charge. That's th 30 years mm -hmm. on top of that. That's 95 years in prison right. at the age of 26. And the only person in my bloodline that saw me, and uh, I love her, is my Aunt Pam. Okay. Um, so everybody else, 100%. Aunt still Pam's is. an angel. Um, and then <laughs> I get very emotional, right? Like, my father right. disowned me um, in county. Um, in 2007 on Thanksgiving, um, and then uh, in 2008, June 3rd, I got I got sentenced to 18 years. Um, and most people are like, "What the fuck?" You know what I mean? But I was like, 
I'm cool. Like, get me the fuck out of yeah. county. You know what I mean, yeah. I don't have a lawyer. My lawyer thought I was a dude, first of all. Um, he, he called in my letter, says, Dear Mr. Kelly Harkins. I'm like, What the fuck? I don't have a penis. Like, what are you talking about? He's like, Well, <laughs> I'm looking at these charges in this case, and like, I just, I'm like, Man, get the fuck out of here. You, you, I mean, like, what? You know what I mean? You can't even defend me. You don't know what sex right. I am, bro. Right. You're sitting in the female county jail. You know what I mean? Behind glass. Um, so it was very discerning to me, right? And then, so I go to prison. Um, it's nothing like it is today. I will tell you that. Okay. Um, sure. You're suited up. If you're known and people love you, right, they will suit you up, right? Um, but I didn't hang out with my own race in there. And this is where I started changing and opening my eyes a little bit because I was very narrow-minded person, um, very cynical, very uh, judgmental. Don't give a fuck about your feelings. I'm gonna make you feel what I feel, kind of guy. Right. And uh, <clears throat> my natives and my Hispanic friends were more about it than the white chick. You dig know what I'm saying? Like they're all what I like to say is either a puddle slut or a floozy. <laughs> you know what I mean? Our, puddle our... slut means you're just. You're a drug addict and don't give a fuck, and you're just okay. open legs. You know what I'm saying? Like you're as we. Call, <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, no, no, don't be sorry. I, but, I yeah, love, that's just what it, I I'm love very that term. Too. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but we call them oi toys where I'm where I'm from. But in my in my life, we're not drug addicts, right? Okay. Um, I'm an alcoholic, but I yeah, did do drugs drink, and drink alcohol. That's a big part of the skinhead area um, movement. Non. No, uh, trying to be, uh, uh, you know, no drugs involved, any kind of drug activity. You got to be sound-minded. Is, okay. is, right? is shined upon, you know what I mean? And in, in right. my crime, I wasn't drunk. I wasn't high. I wasn't fucked up. I, you ha When you go in, you go in full throttle, straight mind. You don't okay. do anything skewed, right? Because um, then you don't know how to think. Yeah. Right? You're working on emotion versus logic. So right. I'm a very logical chick, um, which intimidates most men, and I love it. Um, but anyway, so I go to prison. Um, I'm sitting on Lumley unit, um, what we call uh, RNA, right? And it's a fucking joke. Um, our our cells are like 98 degrees. Um, Living conditions are horrible. You live in a concrete box. Uh, it's all concrete metal. Uh, swamp cooler in the city of Arizona. You're a fucking moron if you think that works. Right. Um, and you're in a suit, like a jumpsuit. So you have no way to breathe. Like they don't issue you... Um, the, the feasible things, uh, the, the, it's just, it's, it's horrific, really. Um, in my prison, uh, I did most of my time on Lumley because um, I was about it. I, I knew I was doing a stint, and I knew that I had to prove myself, right? Because that's the mentality I have. Uh, I, I know I'm a female, but still, you're, I'm not no punk. So, uh, you know, I would hang out with the worst of the worst because that's where I felt that I fit in. Um, I had my first prison mom. Um, they call me Tank in prison or G.I. Jane or, you know, some weird shit because right. uh, I had my head shaped for a very long time. Okay. But our conditions are whatever the men do, we get it a hundred times worse. And my husband wasn't really uh, aware of what they do affects us, right? So in, in a female's prison, they don't see that we have a sink they think we're all the same, right? Like, like he has a faucet, I have a sink, but motherfucker, we're inmates, and that's exactly how they treat us. Right. Um, I saw a woman, because um, it's by yards. You have 30 yards, 28 yards, RNA, 26 yards, close custody, 24 yard is a high-level 
foreyard, right? But you're able to walk around, da 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 da, da right? And uh, there was a girl that has cerebral palsy. Um, this is my first month in. Um, and I'll never forget this. She couldn't climb the fucking ladder to get on the top bunk. Right. And uh, she has fucking cerebral palsy. Like, her hands don't move like that. You Like, you got to be a fucking idiot. Here comes this lieutenant. And, you know, butter bars is what I call it because you obviously did something to get it. Um, threw her on the ground and, and put his knees in her back and tried to force her hands to go behind her back. And she can't move. She has her, She can't do that. She's crying. She's screaming. She's acting out. And it was the most horrific situation, um, inhumane shit that I've ever seen um, in my life. Right. And and I I didn't give a fuck, you know. I went I lunged at that motherfucker. I wanted to take him out. So she was in the area. She did maintenance on uh like most of them yards that were there. All of the right yards. Okay. So she was around uh like the names like Jody Arias and okay. these other you know people that yeah yeah they. That's she, a fucking fraud. Is a I hate man. <laughs> Damn, you don't want me getting she there. She was around like all of the. I was around the torso killers. Um, yeah, most of the killers. You know the notorious like ones. A lot of baby chomo killers and shit right. like that, which I don't like. Like get the fuck off my table, kind of mentality. Right. But we live literally in the filth of men. Like the men. It used to be San Juan unit uh, back in the day. This yeah. was a men's prison, Perryville, back in the. Um, 90s and it's shit. a Perryville prison. It okay. used to be the guys. And so when they murdered Lumley, they were kicked out of that prison, right? They were taken to a better prison, really. They were like basically, <laughs> oh, you killed the fucking CO2? Let's go take you to a brand new prison that they promised to the females, right? right. Um, so because there's so many of them, they get what they want. Right, and plus they're gonna fight for what the fuck they want. These bitches are fighting for a goddamn piece of chicken. Well, I'm like, I want some motherfucking AC. Like it's right. 102 degrees in my cell, and you're sitting here talking about chicken. What the, f like, or being a phase three? You know, like we have phases, just like the men. If you're a good little person, you're a phase two, and then it, six months later, you're a phase three, and you get extra incentives, which we don't see. It should right. look good for the paperwork, you did. Um, but we're treated like shit, like we're a predator, you know, like a lot of predators come in there and they know that women are rape victims. They know that women are, you know, either uh, a victim of some kind of sexual situation and they use that or they just want to be loved, right? So these cops sex. come in. They're having sex with the females. And do what they want, you know what I mean? Like there's no reason for a man to be walking by my cell when I'm undressing. You get what I'm saying? Um, so there's very much, uh, but I'm that bitch that I will fucking call you out. I don't care. But you don't have some of those like that. You know what I mean? Um, I have been in situations where women rip, raped women. Um, one of my good friends can't have children because of what if someone did to her. Uh, so, like, there's things on his spectrum that's holy shit. And then our spectrum is completely on the right hand side of fucked up because we're more suicidal. Right. Um, I've caught countless women hanging. Uh, yeah, they have like more psych uh, people involved. Uh, it's suicide. really not about psych. It's more about oh yeah, SMI. But they yeah. they now categorize you in a yard, and basically you can't have nothing. You got nothing coming if you're okay. SMI, um, mm -hmm. and they have no problem 
throwing you fuck down and four pinning your ass and putting a spit mask on you and shaving your head if you don't brush your hair or you know not giving you the life skills that you need to learn how to be a woman because some of these women don't know never had a mom never had a dad or whatever it looks like and it's disgusting um so for people with like higher uh charges uh, uh higher amounts of time yeah. you get you get thrown up on these yards right where uh it's a you're revolving a door you're a number uh you don't get any programming there is no corrections there is no rehabilitation uh, they slam you in these classes that's for these uh low one level yards they get everything that people that got like a dui or something right. or uh you know a six month sentence because they got caught with a, a crack pipe or something yeah right. and you what's know? crazy is this like the person that made mad in the in the state of arizona that dumb bitch just got another dui like and you know and she would sit there and be like oh, the mother yeah the fucking lame right so mad stands for mothers and gets drunk driving and she was right. so against helping females and any really DUI and then here this you know you're a hypocrite right so then and uh so in 2010 I lose my father um he died at the age of 56 um which you know it, it really fucked me up um I became more aggressive right I went and molly walked the bitch just because she was talking about me and obviously there's blood and shit because I don't give a fuck I just see black you know what I mean right Unfortunately, that you know, I did that, and I, you know, I admit that. Um, but that was my aha moment. You know what I'm saying? Like that's when I started realizing, holy fucking shit! Like I'm not changing, right? I'm yeah. getting worse. Yeah. Um, but it wasn't because some fucking CO2, CO3 is what we call counselors or any kind <laughs> of schmuck bitch was like, hey, motherfucker, you need help, right? right. So. I will tell you that there is some officers, you know, um, that made a difference. They know that there's a line between me and them, right? They just haven't crossed that yet. And that respect value goes through full throttle. Right. But I will tell you the persons that had my back the most, um, cause I worked my ass off. I laid concrete, hang drywall, uh, you name it, doing HVAC, you name it. I didn't give a fuck. I was in it. You know what I'm saying? Right. Um, that changed my life. My great shirt out of that cell changed my life my gray shirts you know like i looked at my like a father figure you know uh my gray shirt murray avery um all of these guys that you know believed in me when no one else i had one lieutenant that was kick-ass when i first met him because i'm you know from a gang as they want to say but i'm not prison made right so they can't validate my ass right it's very rare that a woman's validated um but SSU pulls me in, it's Lieutenant Coglanese, or at the time, Sergeant. And he's all calling me an oxygen sucker and saying, hey, if I had a black dog, are you going to kick it? And I was just like, you're the lamest fucking prick I've ever met. What the fuck are you talking about? You know? He's like, do you know where I was this week? And I was like, I don't fucking know Disneyland. Were you like, what, playing patty cake with Mickey Mouse? Like, what the fuck? And he's like, no, I was in Tucson, and I figured out who you are. I'm like, okay, I've been here nine months, motherfucker. Like... I haven't done anything yet, and I'm a female, so you got really nothing to worry about. I just want to do my time. So he, when I found out the truth of my crime, um, it was shortly after my dad died, um, and, and this also was what set off the trajectory of my life and having to learn how to get the fuck out of here and live in here a little bit, right?
because I was a cold-hearted bitch. So as a reminder, she was under the impression that her victim was a snitch yeah. on her partner. Right. So this is, what, 10 years later after her father four just years. died. Four oh, years. Four later. years later. Yeah, so four years into my stint, um, I was blessed with something. I didn't know I was blessing yet, right? And uh, when you start learning the truth is when you really realize it is a blessing. You just got to learn how to do it and cope with right. that shit, right? We're not taught coping skills. Far from it. And um, I found out that my victim was never a snitch. Ah. So there's three people in my case, me, and there's four total, including myself. There's two males and one female. Well, the one male that orchestrated this whole bullshit uh, was with my victim and had a daughter. Unspinose to me, I didn't know all this, right? Okay. Well, the female who is a lame, anyway, um, they were boyfriend and girlfriend. And they conjured up this whole plan to take out the mother. Which, so they could get the kid. Which is completely oh. 114% against my beliefs. Right? right. I, I live she by She was a living code. by a code and thought that she was representing what they all believed in. And it and wasn't even close. And did this dirt for them. And for what she believed in. So I'm reading this free talk. It's <clears> called a free talk where my, my co-defendant is freely telling the cops and all everyone else about the situation that I obviously don't know. Right. And it was all highlighted for me, right? And uh, I'm a type of person. I read everything in threes because I want to make sure that I understand what the hell is going on and I can comprehend that I didn't miss nothing. Um, and it says in there... Hey, why did you call Kelly? And she goes, because I was already hostile towards my victim at at a Eurofest, right? Which I was. And, and she said, but what was the reason, you know, that you guys did this? It was, And she says, it wasn't because she was a snitch. It's because we wanted sole custody of her daughter, which is this person's child. Jesus Christ. I lost my shit. Jesus I'm not even going to lie. And this yeah. chick that was my co-defendant, is in the kitchen where we were living. We were living in kitchens at this time. There was 52 people in a kitchen, a condemned kitchen, in in, oh, in uh, 2009. And so I go into the kitchen, and this bitch is washing her shot, her her socks. And I walk up to her, and I said, "You know what's crazy is that I figured you out. I knew there was something wrong with you, because all you did in the in the in this crime was." at the fight scene was throw a rock and miss, bitch. I know you can't fight, right? And she's like, what are you talking about? I said, well, I read your free talk, bitch. Right. Okay? And now I know why I'm doing 18 years for a lie. She was never a snitch. I said, I promise you, I'm, and hear me very clearly, you are going to pay for what you've done. And I don't know when I'm going to get you, but I'm going to get you. So when you least expect it, expect me being there. You know what I mean? And uh, so with that being said, she went and told the cops I had a shank, did all this jazz. Um, that's why I just came in and fucking un unleashed on her. You know what I'm saying? Right. Um, people that, you know what I mean? So I, I, I had been cut off at the knees in 2010 dramatically. Um, everything that I believed in, everything that I thought was right, everything that I thought that I belonged to was a lie. Right. Absurd. Right? right. 
So, and then I lost my father, the person I idolized my whole life. And so, you know, in, 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 I didn't know how to deal. Cause I, I, I've always ran in the coattails of anger. Like that's my best friend. I know that emotion very well. I know I had to inflict it. I know what to do with it. I just didn't know how to deal with it. And I didn't know where it was coming from. Right. Um, so I started working out two hours a day in the morning, go to work at maintenance for eight to 12 hours a day. And then coming back and working out another two hours. Right. So I was constantly boom, 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 boom. A like, lot of it just becomes routine. Yeah. And like it gets you out of your mind and it helps you with your, in your heart. You know what I'm saying? Cause you're, right. you're crushed at that point. Right. So 2014, my mom dies, um, in front of my, my oldest, uh, so it's just like, okay, now I'm understanding that life is continuing. I can't even be there for my own child. I, I don't know how to be a mother. I don't know how to be a wife. I don't know how to be a friend to anyone, let alone myself. I keep everyone at bay at this point because I don't trust no one. A lot of self-reflection, self-awareness. Right. And, you know, you start to learn that, you know, like you have friends that want to come to you. Like people come to me all the time. Right. And be like, Kellyanne, like, like what is it? I'm like, I don't give a fuck. But then I started realizing, why are they coming to me? There's 172 bitches on this fucking yard. Why do they keep coming to me? Right. And then one of my friends, Kimmy, <laughs> you know, she sat down uh, next to me for a very long time. And she would just sit there. At my table. I don't like people around me. I don't like you close to me, talking to me, touching me. Don't be behind me. You know what I mean? Right. And uh, she's just like, Kellyanne, I'm going to sit here until you talk to me. And I was like, man, go fuck yourself. What the fuck, lady? So I and this is like a whole lady, yeah, man. Yeah, she she's old bitch. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And I tell her to her face, you're an old We're bitch. We're friends with her now yeah, out and, here on the street. And we're like this. And so she sat there, literally, and uh, it took me like Oh, God, I came home. I just did uh, swamps, right? And I was stupid tired. No, I was doing showers, and I was stupid fucking tired. Because we're redoing the, the showers, right? And here's this old bitch, right? She brings me a cup of coffee, and I was just like, <laughs> bet. You know what I'm saying? With ice, there's, I call ice <laughs> snowman poop, right? So there's like big snowman poop and this fancy ass coffee, and coffee's like, the shit in prison. That's oh, like yeah. your vice, oh, yeah. you know? Yeah. And uh, I was like, what the, f like, Kimmy, what the Keepy. fuck's wrong with you? No, 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 no. Keepy. No, that's the cheap shit. Not yeah. That Keepy, tastes uh, like the Folgers. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you just, you did what uh, I'm saying? You can get it. Yeah. You gotta know somebody. Um, but that's cafe. Right. That Colombian. Yeah. So, you know, and she sat there and she's like, Hey buddy. And I was just like, how is she calling me her buddy when I'm such a, <laughs> I was a bitch. You know what I mean? So lady just pulled her up. Dog. And, uh, yeah. And I was just like, you know what? She goes, Kellyanne, and, and I'll never forgive. I'll never forget this. You know what I mean? Um, she's like, Kelly, you just deserve to have good people around you. You're a good person. Right. And I'm like, you've been smoking some spice or something, bitch. Like, what the, f are you high? You know? And she's, <laughs> she's a, she's a square. You know what I mean? Yeah. She's an square Yeah. But she's stupid cute. Right. And I was just like, wow. And she kept on telling me that for like a month, you know? And I just, and all of a sudden I just broke down, dude, you know, like, damn, you know what I mean? Like I'm actually hurting myself more than 
You know what I mean? So I started, and, and that was probably 2015. And uh, so I started advocating for people in prison, man. And uh, I've seen these girls come in. Unlike the men, they get everything, like I said. We get, you know, a, a woman that's a, probably a medium size that has to wear a 5X bra, used panties. Um, they don't get brand new shit. Um, and you're forced to wear it, dude. And they're like, oh, well, there's blood in these panties. They're like, well, put a fucking pad on it. What the fuck? You know what I mean? Um, because That's of all disgusting. the all the lawsuits um, and, and you know, all this bullshit that started happening with the malpractice. You know what I mean? Like, I'm watching all my friends die from, you know, from some crazy-ass shit. I had a friend that had uh, appendicitis. And she was 62 years old. And Medical was, treatment in prison. Is whack, she's doing man. two years, bro. Two years for stealing a fucking soda at a Circle K in, in Prescott. Okay? 62 fucking years old. Dies from appendicitis because a fucking bitch nurse says she was faking it. She, I literally, and, and my Aunt KT, I'll never forget this. She had two major strokes. I was going to medical school. I'm not a fucking retard, but because I'm her inmate, I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about, right? And uh, we had this Lieutenant Kramer. She compared my Aunt Katie to her fucking dog and said, you know what? My dog had the same symptoms, right? And it was an earache. I said, the only fucking animal on this green earth that has the same anatomy as us is a fucking swine. And I said, that's crazy that you look like a swine, bitch. So get the fuck away from me. I got her badge. I took right. her badge. I took her job. You know what I mean? Right. Because my, my Aunt KT was dying for four days in her cell. Four fucking days. I charted. She never had a BM. She never fucking had, you know, a, a passive uh, urine. She couldn't eat. And All like in the dude's prisons, like... This kind of shit will happen. We'll have guys that are, you know, obviously deathly ill. Yep. Right. But the only way that we can get medical attention is when we have to stand. All the guys will, like, someone yes. like me will come out and be like, hey, we're not locking down. Everybody is staying out in this pod, and we're going to stand up for this dude right here. You know what I'm saying? And that's the only way they they're coming to fuck. take care they of They need to get medical down here and take care of this dude. Arizona don't give a, a fuck problem. about you. But for the females... They don't get down like that. Yeah, we do. You know, well, I'm saying like we will force them. We to do, shit. We do. You know and I'm then saying? what happens is, is that, uh, you know, like with my aunt KT, my aunt KT uh, did 22 years in the state of penitentiary at that time. Um, and she was she was fucking stupid, badass. Right. Um, she taught me prison. And, uh, you know, Lieutenant Kramer, uh, not only did we get her badge, you know, but we stood up. We got Lieutenant Manzer. It was only like five of us. But still, five is That's better good. than none. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah, amen. And uh, if it wasn't for this Lieutenant Manzer, um, which I fucking respect, uh, she would have died in her cell. You know what I mean? She went to she went to medical. She was in there for fucking four hours, bro. It was a Saturday. I'll never forget. It was visitation time. And uh, so... They wheel her out. They take her in the ambulance. And if you don't see the blueberries and the raspberries, you know they're dead. You dig what I'm saying? That's the lights. So okay. um, we see the lights go on, right? I'm in a wheelchair because I fucked up my foot. You know what I mean? And because uh, of my maintenance and I'm just ruthless to my body because I, right. I took my anger out on me, right? And uh, so to make a long story short, uh, this is 
a Saturday. No, I'm sorry. It was a Sunday. She rolls out on Wednesday. They're having me roll up to programs, right? I've been in, in prison long enough at this point. There's my DW. There's a chaplain. There's all the CO3s, all the CO4s, right? right. And you're only calling five people. So I roll in and I don't give a fuck. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm not scared of a ticket. And here's Mueller, who I've worked my ass off for and saved millions of, not millions, probably thousands of dollars because I was laying his con. I was, his, I was his maintenance chick. Like I was number one at that time. And uh, he's like, the chaplain asked him, have you told them yet? I said, no, 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 no. Mueller, you're not allowed to tell me that my aunt KT's dead. That's your fucking job as a chaplain. You dig what I'm saying? And this dude was like, whoa. I said, I know what the fuck we're here for. Just go ahead and say it. Right. Don't be a punk about it. You know what I'm saying? And so he tells us, and my, you know, my friend Joe freaks out, and blah, 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 and she's all dramatic and lame, and I was like, get the fuck out of here. You know what I mean? And then Mueller was like, or the chaplain asked me, what was your name? And I said, I told my name. And he's like, how do you feel about it? I said, you know what? Fuck all of you. How about that? You all killed her, you for, fucking Yankee For a bitches. lot of us that did a lot of time, we build, like, uh, bonds with a small group of people in yep. there, and you really become attached to them. You know these people. That's family. I'm talking like you know these people. You've shed blood with them. Yeah. You've ate with them. You've seen them at their worst they taught and their you. best. You learn from them. Yeah. You share. That's your, your that's your yeah, core. Your you know what I'm you saying? Know, like, like you have right. a core. Yeah. Right? Right, wrong, or indifferent, regardless, that's your aunt. You know what I'm saying? I don't give a right. fuck if that's your blood or not, right? Um, and I spit on the floor, dude. I didn't give a fuck. I said, with all due respect, you know what? Fuck all your cops. How about that? And your Lieutenant Kramer. And not only that, I got my dictation for your punk ass. And I'm sending it to her fucking millionaire brother that owns Subway up in Illinois, motherfucker. You're all going to get sued, bitches. That's what's up. And Mueller, you're the only one that's out of this shit because you were on vacation. This is this just type like, of living conditions in, this in these prisons where it's a lack of... Uh, uh, communication respect. and respect and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Like you have to force your hand right in order to get heard or validated for anything. And, right? the, and the thing is too, brother, is that you're a number yeah. and they make sure you know that. Right. You know, uh, you're an inmate. Most me, definitely. Uh, well, let me, you let me are. You a, yeah. And, and this, this is something that, that you both have said and it, it really hits home with me. I mean, it truly does. Uh, this idea of belonging, you know, you, you both, yeah. uh, you both were, uh, uh, you know, it, it started when you were very young and you never really had that, that family core or anything. I didn't have that either, but I didn't, uh, you know, I, I did some bad shit too, but, um, you know, it, it strikes me that, you know, talking to you both that you, you've always been looking for that group to belong to. Oh, Absolutely. Yeah, it was a, that was an easy way to get me into the gang activity, and we called it the family. Yeah. Right. You know, and uh, I was, like, serious. I would have died for these people. Yeah. You know, me like, too. literally, I've done some extreme things for these people, man. Like, I've stabbed people. Uh, I've, I've done, you know, countless missions of assault. For these people, uh, and, when, uh, and they wouldn't even have to ask me to do this. I would volunteer myself to do it. And the right. cool piece is, where are they now? 
Yeah. Right. And uh, in like 1997, most of the Aryan Brotherhood in Arizona and Mexican Mafia or Mau Mau or whatever gang you were affiliated with got locked up. Okay. They sent them all to uh, SMU2, which is a supermax unit specifically for affiliated gang members. Okay. And uh, if you had a certain amount of points to where they could validate you as a gang member, they kidnapped you off a of central unit and put you in the supermax where you're locked up 24 hours a day. You get one hour of recreation three times a week, I believe it is. Right. And, uh, or an hour out on, out of your cell to use a phone and whatnot, you know? And I end up going there doing that whole routine. How long were you there? For, and, uh, SMU two. Yeah. Most of uh, life. I, I went back and forth from central unit back to it's a revolving door so i would go there for lockup and i would spend you know over a year in there isolated in a 12 by 12 cell roughly and uh with nothing oh that's bigger than our and cell. uh <laughs> like i can give you i can give you a little poem real quick mm -hmm. that i wrote in there please. it's called please. a new day dawns a new day dawns, the alarm sounds again. I wake to my cage and the repetition begins. Back and forth I walk, I pace through my cell. My day without end starts again in this hell. Time slowly drips like a fountain with a leak. Thinking is all I have left. Inside is what I seek. My captors taunt me, attempting to break me down. I ignore them and think contemplation will bring justice around. Soon my captors will let me loose. A plan set in my mind, unbeaten and unbroken. A demon they will find. A new day dawns. That's and I was super angry. Right. I worked out every day for multiple hours. I've changed my body. I changed my mind. And I was just like, I was going to get out and try to kill a cop. That was my mission. Right. And if I did it, I would have became a patch member. And I was looking for it. But in in lockup, you can't do shit. You know, you're just in there doing your time until you can get out and go back and. Because you're in, we're we're in uh, jewelry, right? You wear bracelets and 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 all that shit okay. when you're walking five, right? You're not even. Yeah, you're shackled five. up, head to toe. Um, okay. like those laws changed in 2017, uh, and like lockdown was not as. And. It gets Done. even worse than that. Like you can get the the furthest point in prison is called VCU. Yeah, it's okay. the violence control unit. Anytime you come out of that cell, you're completely shackled from head to toe, okay. and they might even put you face down on a gurney to go shower, to go anywhere, to wreck. It's embarrassing. Dude. Yeah, it's yeah. super yeah. embarrassing. It's degrading. Before they even can cuff you up, they make you go to the back of the cell. Kneel down on your on your knees, put your hands on your head, and then they'll crack the door, come in, shackle you up, tie you up, escort you up onto your feet, and then lay you face down onto the gurney because you're a threat because you've already exhibited these uh, uh, behaviors. Behaviors. Like I assaulted cops. I mean, we understand. I've we're done not, all of that. We're not dumb and and full of this when it comes to the thought process of how they have to control shit, right? Right. Um, but ultimately, you're still treated like a fucking animal. Right. Um, Absolutely. VCU, you are exactly like a dog kennel. There's yeah. uh, the front of your cell is nothing but tiny little holes. Right. 
so that they could see in. There's plexiglass on the back part of it so that you can't shoot them with anything or spit on them or throw feces or piss. Right. And because uh, there's people that do that. Right. And uh, even in the women. And uh, yeah, you're just thrown in there with absolutely nothing. If you make any other kind of sudden movements upon exiting the cell, you are immediately dumped to the concrete. Uh, yeah, it's really bad. Yeah. You know, you get uh, one hot meal and a mega sack is what they call it. Yeah, those are nasty. We, we, the females make those for the men. And uh, yeah, you're in there, depending on your behavior, anywhere from a month to, uh, you know, as when long they as feel- they feel until you can come out and women don't have that but that is the end of the road vcu that is the farthest you can go go straight the fuck out of state and that's in yeah if that's if you're gang affiliated if you're a high-ranking member of a gang like a general uh something like that because that's how it goes you know, uh, each rate. organization is like a, a military organization. Okay. You have a general, you have uh, soldiers, you have lieutenants, you have, you know, your money guys, you have, you know, it's all, it's just like, you know, any organization, right? Right. So uh, the highest ranking members, if they can validate you as that, they will kidnap you and send you to another state and so if- that you can't. Uh, follow up on uh, uh, policies and things that you want done within that state if they feel that you're a threat to the security of the institution. But understand, you can't afford to give women underwear, but you can afford to send another man out of state. <laughs> yeah. of course, of course. And I'm not yes. talking just one. I'm talking thousands. You dig right. what I'm saying? Right. And, uh, you know, it's it's very discerning because, like, uh, we've, been pre- we've been promised a brand new prison for decades. And there's... You know, Arizona is a prison state. We have 12 of them. We have so many prisons in Arizona. I know just on Lewis Complex, there's what? Like how many yards? There's probably like nine nine or ten yards. And each yard is holding thousands of people. But understand, like, Lumley. And the women got what? How many yards, babe? We have, okay, so this is how it breaks down on women's, okay? So you have Lumley now, which is max unit, Mm -hmm. right? But within that unit, you have nine different classes of units, right? So we have um, ISO, we have all this other medical shit, right? And then we have SMI, Suicide Watch. We got some crazy shit going on down there. Um, And you actually wreck, like you are, we have no AC ever unless we're up in programs. Where are your death row girls at? Death rows are walking. Death row has more rights. No AC unless you're up in programs. You, and it's hear all me, swamp cooler. Hear me very, okay. and the only people that have AC is the princess yards, as we call it, right? The ones that are doing little baby Minimum ass yards, time. Right. But the ones that, you know, like are doing serious time and also SMI. Treated like shit. Um, we have one unit, which is 30 yard, that has a chiller, right? Which is basically um, a swamp cooler on steroids, right? Like it, it same kind of concept, but it gets cold. Right. Um, but. Lumley, Pedro, and Car- and Cruz are all swamp. In 2018, we were supposed to have brand new AC units in all our cells. Okay. Yeah. It's yeah. still 2023, right. and I installed 64 units in three months on the Princess Yard. They already had fucking AC units. Yeah. Right? 
but because they don't want to do the work, right? Because it's a million dollar fucking thing, right? Um, but you're affecting people on medication. Legit, this is how your cell is. It's eight by 12. You come in, there's a toilet, there's your sink, then there's a hygiene shelf, and then another shelf. And then there's your shelf where all your, your food and stuff goes, right? And then you have a ladder that goes up top bunk, okay. lower bunk, okay? All concrete, all metal. Right. And then you have two windows in the back that are supposed to be open to circulate air because anyone that's intelligent would know that you have to have something behind the, the swamp to pull it out. They welded them shut. We have no airflow, Okay. So the crack in front of the door, which here's your vent, right? Here's your vent by your toilet and your bed. And your crack is obviously in front of the fucking unit. Anyone that's intelligent enough to know how swamps work. Hey, it's so, so funny. Like sometimes the humidity gets so high. Like uh, I was in uh, Yuma mm -hmm. and that's, uh, uh, you know, more down by the border. But the humidity would get so ridiculous when you like walk. percent. When you walk up to your window higher. to look out of your cell window, right? The whole window would fog up, and there's yeah. water running down your walls, and your yeah, right. yeah, it's ridiculous. Like you can't wear any clothes. You have to take a wet washcloth, spin it around real quick, and then lay it on your body because it's it gets cold. You know, but and men you get lay to, it out. Men get to do that. If we were to do that, it's a ticket. Right? Yeah, we right. can't wear our bras. We can't wear just boxers, right? We finally got boxers in 2017. Okay. We finally got a belt in 2017. It's so, fucking so belt, bro. How long have you guys been out now? I've been out since uh, June. Actually, it's kind of funny. The same mm -hmm. day that I got sentenced, June 3rd, 2021. Okay. Um, so I've been out two years and a month. Not and I've been out a little over a year. This is the no. You've right, been so out a year and seven months. I gotta ask. Because everybody's going to, want, going to want to know, how did you two meet each other? Uh, Facebook. <laughs> uh, it's crazy. Um, so tell me, tell me about the meeting and how how this, so, how this relationship. So built. literally, I'm looking on uh, Facebook, uh, checking out chicks, and it seemed like there were just a lot of that. Bottle uh, sluts. No, uh, not even that. <laughs> more like, more like a. Uh, uh, the right. valley girl kind of stuff going on, you Tried. know, like, you know, just fake girls. Right. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, that's something that I can't really relate to, <laughs> something that I don't understand. And it's kind of annoying to me. Right. And I'm just like, OK, I, there's a million girls like you. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? There's there's, there's you're just every chick is like that. I'm I'm swiping. And, <laughs> you know, I'm just like every chick is the same. It's classic. And then I see this one, hey. and I was just like, oh, yeah, let me check that out. You know right. what I'm saying? And I, I checked her out, and we just like all the same type of music. We went, you know, we love everything is the same. And then we have all this prison stuff that we can relate on, uh, you know. Two peas in a pod. Yeah, really. we're just like pretty much the same person. She's just a female. I have a, I have a sink. He has a faucet. Yeah, the you know. The thing is, is that, you know, uh, I was going through, like, he had his trials and tribulations when he first got out. Um, I waited a whole year um, before I dated anyone because I wanted to make sure that my shit was legit. You know right. what I'm saying? Right. Um, it's, it's, it's unjust of me to be selfish and put myself in a situation where I didn't think I was ready. Dig what I'm saying? Like, that's how I used to be on the seat of my pants. Well, I have to think things through, right? I'm very analytical, right? So I dated this guy who was a schmuck, fucking lame. 
Um, you know, and, and it really sh like scared me, you know what I'm saying? Cause I can't have, you know, things in my life. Uh, you know, I love children and, right. um, I got to, I, I didn't, I didn't, I miss a lot of my children's life. Like I have, um, two kids, uh, 27 and, and 21. And, uh, I have one okay. we've, daughter. We've missed How's their lives. My daughter's 18. Just turning. Okay. Uh, I missed her whole life. Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's something that's really upsetting. You know, it it messes you up really bad while you're in, and uh, and then after I got out, uh, the disconnect between me and her, and trying to reestablish a relationship with her. And this and that, and to have that torn apart from you is just devastating, right? Because the whole time you're in prison, you long for that. Yeah. You want that. You wait for them pictures of her, any kind of contact. If you can get a phone call in, you love it. You know what I mean? And let's keep it real. Like most women that see men like Michael, right, they know that he's a career com criminal, and they're just going to use his ass. You dig right. what I'm saying? I'm not right. fucking lame. I'm not dumb. Um, and that's exactly what I feel and I could be wrong. My perception is my own perception, and I know that. But from what I feel is that's what happened to him. And I think that's disgusting. And, you know, obviously uh, I hold resentment, which is now my place, against that person for that. Um, the child is not a tool. You've conformed her in what you wanted her to be, and he's only been in her life for four months out of his whole her whole life. And that's just fucked off. You dig what I'm saying? Right. Um, but my part is that, you know, he wanted his ch his child. He lo like he loves loves her, and um, it, it it saddens my heart, you know. And I and I'm there for him because I can relate, right? right. And when you can relate to someone, it's different from oh, I understand. Like, do you fucking understand what I'm saying? You so I mean? for me, that caused a lot of uh, like drug addiction type yes. problems. Right. Uh, I was already Guilt. doing. I had crazy ass drug issues while I was in prison. Uh, uh, heroin and fentanyl is just rapid in prison, yeah. uh, which I took, I, I mean, as much as it, anything else too, there's meth, there's whatever the hell you're Basically into. Basically whatever you want. Right. Yeah, pretty much. Especially if you're a higher ranking member, you know, I got my hands in everything. I was doing tax fraud, money laundering, uh, drug sales, gambling, uh, everything that I could get in involved in especially was concerning any kind of money or drugs for his daughter i was part of and uh well for myself too but yeah, yeah with that part of that what you're talking about where i got all the tax fraud charges right so i started running a, a tax fraud scheme in prison i was taking everybody's social security numbers and uh, uh filing taxes on them from yeah, i've the got street. experience in that yeah yeah. Oh, know, no wonder, so. Fed. Okay. You know, <laughs> 48, yeah. I got some experience 15. in that. <laughs> yeah, 1044. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. the thing is that, you know, like, uh, so after that whole experience with that relationship, uh, I was kind of like, eh, you know what I mean? Men suck. Everyone suck. You know what I mean? Right. And it was just my pride, right? But I left that situation because I ain't no, I'm no punk. You know, you're not going to tell me you're going to go have this chick on the side and get her pregnant and have me raise that child because you know I can't have anymore. Um, right. and knowing that I want a child so bad, um, you know, don't use that against me as a weakness. You know what I'm sure. saying? Don't, sure. don't, you know what I mean? So I was done. Um, 
Yeah, she was scared that she was going to be alone the rest of her life. Yeah. And who would want a 40? Because I'm, you know, when I got out, I was 42. Okay. And, uh, you know, I'm attempted first degree murders. You don't hear that a lot in a female, especially with my background, you know, and I'm not ashamed of it. If you don't like me, I don't give a fuck. Right. Um, but when I met Michael, I, I was, well, I was going through Facebook and I had worked at, in recovery and bringing back uh, people like myself into society and showing them that they're worth it, that they're not a number anymore. Um, and so when I got out, I went to a parole and uh there was this one person that changed my whole life and, and made me feel human again because you you really become desensitized as a human being right like when you see someone sure. die after as long as i've done straight you're just like oh okay i'm gonna go lock down or i'm gonna go fuck you up because of it um because it's unjust the way they died because I, I experienced that a lot in my prison um we but, still have crazy institutionalized tendencies though like we're OCD, um, but we conduct is, and carry ourselves still in a certain manner and stuff. Right, and we're we, trying to de-learn everything. We can't right. take the convict out of us, but but it's thing, hard, yeah. We're not a stigma anymore. You know what I mean? Uh, the thing is, is that so I started working at this place, um, bringing people like Michael and myself out of prison, giving them a chance. Um, and this, this person told me, you know, in that orientation, like I was trying to say, is that. Uh, he said one thing, and I got emotional. I wasn't an emotional person. I was very cold, right? Um, he said one thing, and then I was like, you're no longer a number, right? And I'm like, what the fuck did you just say? You know, I'm, I'm four women in a room of, like, 80 men, right? And uh, this is a convict telling me that. Right. This is a, a former, you know, a peer of my own that's been in my shoes and, and, and even though it may look different in prison, our prison's the same um, because they treat us the same. But we, the way that we act is different. Women are too busy making a cake when men are making shanks. You know what I'm saying? Um, so, you know, I, I that touched my heart. That really fucked me up a little bit. You know what I mean? Like, holy shit, I get to be me again. You know what I mean? I get to wear what I want to wear, when I want to wear it, how I want to wear it. You know what I mean? You can't have your hair cut a certain way. You got to do, you're conformed. You're military. It's milita military, really. Right. Um, and so he came up to me after orientation. He's like, hey, come here. And I was just like, what the fuck? You know what I mean? Why you want to talk to me? You know what I mean? He's like, what's your name? And I told my name, Kellyanne, whatever. He's like, what do you want to do, man? Because I worked maintenance, you know what I mean? I was like, well, I know, how to f I know how to break shit and fix shit. You know what I'm saying? He's like, <laughs> but there's something about you, Kellyanne. You know what I mean? Like, I get the chills. And I was like, no, with all due respect, you're not some weirdo, right? You know, you're not going to, you know what I mean? Because you, you know, I'm fresh out, you know? Right, um, right. Anxiety's up. I fucking don't know you. You're talking to me all weird and and you're being nice to me. Yeah, now. it's a trip when you first walk out after doing that much time. You yeah. don't you're know. You're so programmed into what you do in a, every day in prison. Yeah. So to come out here and just be willy-nilly, all people right. running up on and you. And being and, nice and touching you and shit, you're just you're fish out of water, right? You so know, grocery store is ridiculous. You've got so many choices. You're like, what the hell do I actually right. pick? You so know? that's something that, you know, that touched my heart. You know, like this guy is being stupid nice to me and he doesn't want nothing back. Right, which is very rare. Yeah. You know what I mean? So he, he introduced me to my my friend. Talking about DJ? Yeah. 
<laughs> and uh, so he blessed me with the job. They hired me on the spot, brother, right? I'm walking in because I had tore my ligaments, right? Uh, when I was working maintenance, I fucked off my foot um, to where I couldn't walk. I was in a wheelchair for a year waiting to get seen by a doctor, taken care of by a doctor. Three weeks before I get out of prison, they finally do the it's surgery. It's so bad. They never did the proper procedures or treatment for her foot. So I It come looks out. like it has steel and shit in yeah. it. But it's, it's, just, it's just natural. It, yeah. yeah. And so uh, I'm in a boot at this point, right? Like I'm in a walking boot and I'm ornery. I'm a, I'm a natural redhead. So you tell me something, I'm going to tell you to probably go fuck yourself because I'm going to do it my way, right? And, uh, so I go to this place, and it's called New Freedom, right? And uh, it's a it's a place for like a re-entry program for that convicts. they have for convicts coming out of prison. And so I'm working maintenance, and uh, my friend Tommy, he was my partner in maintenance. So I'm doing drywall, this whole bullshit, right? And I love it. Don't get me wrong, but people are coming up to me talking. I had a full-on mohawk. It's Stupid bad. I tried to put it up today, but it didn't work out. But um, <laughs> you'll see one time. I know this, right. is not, this is not the last time we'll have a this conversation. This is not the last time. You're absolutely right. I, I know. You're going to want us back. <laughs> yes. um, but, you know, um, he came up to me. He's like, Kellyanne, have you noticed all these people that come and talk to you? I was like, what the fuck? No, I don't fucking pay attention to that. I, that's, that's something that I'm accustomed to. I'm used to that in prison, you know? Right. He's like, but they flock to you. You need to become peer support. And I was like, I tried that shit in prison. It's because, you know, if I didn't kiss your ass, I'm not getting your class. You dig what I'm saying? Or I'm going to sit there and listen about how many fucking, you have nine children and, and fucking ten dad mamas. You know what I mean? It's just some <laughs> drama shit, right? And uh, so I was like, okay, I'll think about it. So I go to my, my boss. And I was like, look, I think I'm going to do the peer support thing. I want to see what that's about. And... I'm going to tell you, it changed my whole fucking life, brother, to be able to sit and talk to a convict. Right. And my favorite of the silent giants, like Mike, those are my favorite, the ones that do not fucking get it. You know what I mean? Right. Um, I get to see the light come in their eyes, dude. Um, I get to tell them that they deserve and, and, and are worth love and understanding and acceptance and that you do belong in a place beyond the walls of hell you dig what i'm saying yeah and we don't have to live in prison because we're out of prison that like your mind could be the worst prison it is not only that it helps us to help others right so like us. you know like all this the the pain and stuff that we've been through in our lives and trauma and shit like that we can relate and understand to other people like right. me for instance i've been through everything you can fucking imagine Right. I've been sexually molested. I've Eating been strawberries. Beaten. I've been homeless. I've been, you know, on my own since I was a little tiny ass kid, man. And, and uh, yeah. I grew up in prison, so I understand all of that mentality. But he doesn't uh, understand the world, right? right? Yeah, so, I mean, a lot of this stuff. I don't so know. the thing is, is, like watching him grow as a man. You know what I'm saying? I'm not saying he wasn't a man in prison. I'm just saying he was a different kind of man in prison, right? right? Yeah. And so. Uh, you know, being able to experience that and, and, and I facilitated groups 
60 people plus, you know what I mean? And mostly dudes, because that's how I, I, I get along with them better. I know how to talk to them and I get to their level because I was raised by men. You know what I'm saying? I'm not going to sit here and be like, oh, honey, do you need some makeup? And blah, blah, blah. Fuck you. Get over it. You know what I'm saying? It is what it is. And I'm a top chick that every time I would meet you, right, because we're not hugged and caressed and loved and all that, right? In fact, it's a ticket for women if we do that. It's just frowned upon if men do that. You dig what I'm saying? Right. But to be able to go, hey, brother, good morning. Welcome home. And to see Just them, to be able to be touched, though. It like, is, nobody comes up and touches you. Right. You know what I'm saying? That human contact, the uh, empathetic way that you interact with people. You know, little shit like that Simple makes a huge difference. Simple things that people right? take for granted. You dig what I'm saying? And so I did that, and I fell in love with it because it's my people. You know what I mean? And uh, so I made a lot of difference um, in people's lives. And then when I met Michael, um, it was like a gift, you know? Um, I saw me in him as much as he saw me in myself, right? And I get emotional because, you know, I've experienced things in life um, that he hasn't. And so when I, like, I take him out for sushi or Greek food. Oh, or, yeah, all the stupid stuff that you don't know about. <laughs> or even on an outing, brother, like, we were going out to up north for my birthday. Um, oh, that was crazy. You know, like, I so in the beginning of our relationship, um, we met literally a year ago on the 17th on okay. Facebook. Two weeks later, we're meeting each other in person. I was hella nervous. Freak the fuck out. <laughs> um, my mohawk's on point. Everything's on point. You know what I'm saying? Like, I was late uh, for my perfect date, right? <laughs> later, my sister passed away. Um, yeah, we had some experiences, man, when we so, first... Yeah, we went through some hell together. Right, um, right. And, and I find out through Facebook, uh, unfortunately, um, about my sister, my my baby sister. She was four years younger than I. Okay. And she just turned 40 years old on the 14th of July. Um, and then she died August 9th, I believe. Um, alone. And uh, from what we believe was weed waste laced with fentanyl. So it's been uh, fucking. She's a weed smoker, yeah. and uh, you know they're and putting she had this heart shit issues in and, right. and all right. this. But the thing was, is it was a big controversy thing, and I would talk to Michael like I was devastated. I didn't know right. how to compute. Obviously, I knew how to deal with death. I lost my entire family since I've been in. For, I lost five people in my family while I was. And the fact that when she did pass away, there was a lot of people around right. that didn't do anything. It shady, you know what I mean? You know, they were in a motel. Like, yeah. come on, bro. You know what I'm saying? It just seemed really shady. And, uh, yeah, we had a little anger going on at first and well, they uh, found a lot her, of misunderstanding of what yeah, the situation was. They found her was, naked but. in front of a shower. Uh, she was in there for, like, two hours or some change. Right. Uh, it took them a week to fucking tell me because they know my anger issue. Right. They never told me when her uh, celebration of life is because – and I, and I, you know, at this point in my life, I realized that there's blessings for every reasons that things happen. And these are all things that also trigger into our, uh, our field where we work in recovery. Right. Right. You know, so, uh, this is another issue that stems from it. And then I have issues, right? Like when I got out of prison, I got strung out on drugs, 
I got, I broke both of my hands. Oh, geez. Uh, popped the bones out of them from punching shit. Uh, uh, had to go to the hospital for a couple of weeks because I had such a major infection. Right. Uh, they had to put me on some crazy ass antibiotics so I didn't die. And uh, this and that, you know, so all of these things uh, contributed to uh, the field that we are now working in and our ambition and uh, our, our purpose, right? So you we know? have to look, we have to do, you know, what we call an inventory, right? right. Yeah, personal um, inventory. Though. And the thing is, brother, is that, you know, most of us convicts, we have a reason why we do the things that we do. We have the root of every evil is is our own evil. You dig what I'm right. saying? The skeletons in your closet, how they may lay or hang, it's up to right. you. Um, the thing is in prison is that I had to learn what the fuck my issues were. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And and how am I going to address that? So, and it's like just after a, so long of being in there, it's just like you just come to realize, man, fine. You know, like you're getting tired of this shit, man. You know old. what I'm saying? It's re so repetitive. And old, and it's you late. start to think about the shit like, man, what well, the yeah. fuck am I doing? So it, what is my purpose in here to do? And you, know? you think about it, you know, you have to really do a self-assessment. You know, like I was molested since I was two years old until I was four, you know, by, you know, my father's friends. You know what I mean? That was something that, you know, was the start of my, the kickoff of my problem. Like I had zero innocence. You know what I mean? Right. Um, I've had multiple stepmothers that were abusive. My father. I mean, I can blame everything. It's like a domino effect. Right. Kind of. I can blame right. my life on them, but my blame is is that my reaction to it. Right. Yeah. Like at some become, point, it becomes a choice. Right. You know, exactly. you're, right. you're repetitive. Just like nature. recovery. Yeah. And just, just like a choice, bro. You know, changing your life. Either you're gonna make that choice to fucking come out of prison and realize you're not that number. Or you're going to be the arrogant asshole that's still wearing his ass as a helmet and go right back because you think that you're God. And or you're so institutionalized that you just don't feel that you're worth it. Yeah. And unfortunately, you know, in my in my two two years and a month of me working in this field and, and being around convicts, it doesn't matter if it's federal, didn't matter if it was state. But I'm not in for for the paycheck. Right. You dig what I'm saying? Like 95% of Arizonians are. You know, they want to fucking milk the system. I want to change someone's life. And so when I met Michael, uh, he was broken. Um, I was broken, right? And that's a fact. Every single person that's coming out of prison is broken inside. And it's sense. so hard to change your mentality after being raised like that in the system. Uh, 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 learning all these the different system. things, right. and then when you get out, uh, you know, forty-some-year-old man after doing twenty-eight years in prison, your mentality is just—it's so foobard right. that uh, you have to rethink and relearn how to be a person. You know what I'm saying? Because you're really not like—I mean, I just just the way I look gets a certain. Reaction from right. from people and the way I move my body, the way I talk, the way I present myself is kind of threatening and intimidating to people. And I don't do it on purpose. It's just how I am and, you know, how you need to conduct yourself in prison hmm. to keep people at bay. You know what because I'm saying? Or to give off hurting, that right? sense of I'm a threat to you. Right. Don't approach me. Right. I will hurt you. You know what I'm saying? So people get that be also because of all the tattoos, you know, all but of that. The thing the is, is that we've been blessed. And so, you know, me 
you know, Michael's a blessing to me. However, Absolutely. anyone wants to see it, my relationship with Michael is my relationship with Michael. Yeah. Um. You know, we've been we through got our, a thing. We're we've been through our <laughs> own uh trials and tribulations within ourselves, but ultimately that makes us stronger within our our beings, right? Absolutely. Um, now, are you guys married or not? Yes, yes. we are married. All right. We got married when October twenty first. October twenty first. Huh? I, I was yes. asking when you got married. Yep. Yeah. October twenty first. Well, congratulations 21st. on that. Thank, Thank you. you. I, I wanted to say that, uh, you know, you, you, you mentioned, uh, you know, we, we've been talking about this belonging to, to, to a group for that need. And uh, yeah. it really strikes me. You guys belong to each other. You really do. Yep. I mean, yeah, we, we found each other, man. We yeah. got our belonging. You, you understand each other. You know what each other is going through. And, and not only that, but you, you work in recovery and it gives you, uh, it gives you purpose and meaning. I, I do this show here. Right. And I, this show's been a, a cybersecurity show, and uh, uh, but I've had people that have reached out because I talk about some of the abuse that I've been through and stuff like that. And um, it means a lot when you when you when you're talking to somebody and you can see, like you said, Kelly, that light comes on, you know. And uh, I, I just want you both to know that I've got nothing but just mad respect for both of you, truly. Well, thank you. Thank you very that much. That means man. a lot, you know. Uh, one thing that we've learned is our dharma in life, right? We're both pagan. Um, and it's not the whitewash fucking way of thinking in prison mentality of Ossetru. It's the true tradition, right? Because um, I'm no longer a part of that uh, bullshit. I love everyone equally and hate them equally. It's yeah, I've denounced. She's denounced. Um, the thing is... We're not part of no... We don't want that in our lives. I'm yeah. allowed to choose who I want in my life. And, and you know what? Uh, the fact is, is I missed out on some really kick-ass people because of my narrow-mindedness, right? And and that's my that's my tree to bear, right? I don't like to say cross because I'm not Christian. Um, but the thing is, is that, you know, we've been learning a lot of the native ways. And one of the things that really stuck out to us is the world tree, our life tree, right? And finding out our purpose, which they call the Dharma of life. And, you know, when you figure that out, like everything in your tree is you, right? right? So you have your ancestors, you have your dharma, you have your gifts, your behaviors, your goals. And the thing is, is that the fruits you bear, the fruit that, that you, you bear know. is your gift, right? So because we have trials and tribulations and we understand as we heal together, right, is that things in our life was not our fault. And right. We have to learn how to forgive. Forgiveness has nothing to do with you. It has to do all with me. I don't give two fucks if you forgive me because I already forgave you. Right? It's, it's about me. I can be selfish about it. But also being selfless in regards to I already forgave you. So we're, we're cool. You know what I'm saying? Right. But if you're going to continue to be that person, that's on you. Right. Um, so we had to learn how to um, be more mindful Right. A lot of self-awareness, man. And being and aware patience. of who you are, how you feel, the way you think. Right. You got to change your thought process. Uh, uh, and one thing I will never forget is with Michael, when he was battling his stuff, you know, he would tell me it's not a choice. You know what I mean? Um, that it's the addiction, you know And, and blame, he'd like point that. his finger on everything else. And right. I would tell you, you know, straight up, you know. Uh, but it really is a choice. It's a choice. Ultimately, a choice. when you're telling me some bullshit, cool, I'll wait. 
you can't lie to me. He's, you got to make a choice to change, man. You know what I'm and saying? And if you're going to change, you got to make that choice and then go after it. Start recognizing your character defects. Start looking at your mentality, the way you think. And you're not Try a fucking number. Yeah, you're not a number anymore. <laughs> no one's you don't have you what to be to do. that man anymore. You don't have to be that person. You know, or that woman. But uh, yeah, it, the prison definitely. Uh, the amount of time that we've done has affected us. Uh, but it does not beyond. It doesn't define us, but right. it that has part. affected us. So, and that's one thing that you know, and and I've, my prison mom uh, taught me uh, one quote, um, and I use that for the rest of my life. It's my scars do not dictate who I am. They only show where I've been. I and like then I that. use that strength from, from within, right, to give to you as a gift. So either you learn from something from us as because we're transparent. We don't give a fuck. Yeah, I went through that. Right. Now let's change it, right? You have to see where your fault is and everything that happened, right? Mistakes are mistakes. They're learnable. Um, your prison is learnable. You have to understand it, accept it, move forward. You know, if you don't define your life from what you choose to do today because today's a gift right but if you're living tomorrow and, and catastrophizing what you think is going to happen tomorrow you must be god because tomorrow hasn't come yet and there's still you still have to deal with a lot of issues though i still yes. have issues man Journaling. like i have uh, uh crazy uh like confrontational type anger issues like I don't deal with confrontation. Very he doesn't well. deal with stupid right. very well, bud. Yeah, I can't handle like crazy disrespect type things. Oh, I, I got you. Do. I got you. And it's just that, like I should, uh, but I try to be more understanding mm -hmm. and uh, not uh, as violent. Um, He's doing it. Yeah. He's working on it. Yeah. Well, it's a process. So, so it's it, it is. It's a process. Yeah. And I'm you know so it's only you know I'm not even out two years yet. So you got to think I got to de-learn my own so. thought processes and how to deal with stuff. And I don't, but, and he knows it's not going to be overnight. It's 28 right. fucking years yeah. long of confinement. And anyone that has logic in their mind and their heart is going to understand that it's going to be a process. Like I was in detention at eight years old in Durango here in Arizona right. for assaulting my great aunt. With a clothes hanger. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because she wanted to whoop his ass. Yeah, she was trying to whoop me with a hose, bro. I wasn't having that. For <laughs> well, no, you ain't whipping me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I don't I'll, know you. I'll whip you first. <laughs> I'm whipping good. You know what I'm saying? Look, um, um, but there's there's one thing. It's James, right? Is that your name, sir? Brett. Brett. What? Brett. I'm sorry. Yeah, it says Brett Johnson right in the back. I can't right? see. <laughs> Are you, oh, shit. The, oh, shit. The bed. Um, I will tell you this. That's fucking funny shit. Um, so we are music enthusiasts. Yes. What are you listening and, to? Uh, I'm going to tell you a song. Okay. That I dedicate oh. to all convicts. Whiskey Myers, bro. Um, And this is, this is a song that, you know, uh, Changed my husband. Heart um, of Stone. It's called Heart of Stone. That's a good one. And That's a good one. It is the most... Have you ever heard it? Oh, I'm a big Whiskey Myers fan. Okay, Absolutely. so Whiskey Myers are boys. You dig what I'm saying? Not yeah. just because of Tombstone. That shit's dope. Watch it in prison. But if everyone that wants to change and really start learning self-awareness, Heart of Stone is a song that basically tells you... Yeah, please you, listen to that song. 
Um, that's our theme song for anyone that's struggling um, and letting them know that, you know, we get you. It'll touch you in some way, I guarantee you. Right. right. It's beautiful. I, I will I will certainly, and I'll probably uh, start the this show out by quoting some of those lyrics out of that. I love oh, it. Right. Uh, Kelly, Mike, how, how do you say your last name? Wunsch? Wunsch. Well, it depends. If you want to say it in German or English. It how do I want to say it? You let me know. Let's go German. Uh, How do you say it in German? In German, it's Wunsch. Wunsch. The W sounds like a V. All right. Wunsch. So I just want to make sure that when I introduce it at the opening that, yeah. uh, that I'm saying it right. Um, yeah. I, I, want to, I want you both to know again, I, I, I have nothing but profound respect for, uh, for where you've come from and the way that you've, you've turned your lives around and the way that you've found each other. And um, how you're living your lives now. I mean, I, that's thank that, you, man. We're blessed to find each other, and uh, we're blessed to find you, people like yeah. you that want to uh, yeah, touch, share our story, man. That's touch lives of others that you're lost, dude. No, and I, like, hey, I appreciate it. I, I truly do. It, it means uh, that's our you dream. Have no idea how much it means to me. I, I really do. I'm, I'm thankful for you both coming on. Uh, I do want you back, if you don't mind. Absolutely. Uh, this show will be out in the next couple of weeks, and I'll let you know when it when it's out, and we'll go from there. All right. All right. Yeah. So, do we get like likes and all that bullshit? Oh yeah. I mean, sure, we'll do that. And I'll uh, if you want to be on some other shows too. I know uh, a guy named Matt Cox. He he talks to uh, to people about their life stories as well. I'll introduce you to him, and we'll go from there. All right. So, is there anything that you would specifically like to know um, that we did not share about? No. I mean, I what I want to do is I just want to, I want people I want to to tell their stories. You know, and you guys did both of those that and and. You know, it, it, what hit me so hard, and I talk about that constantly on my show, is it's a choice. And Mike, you said that, and Kellyanne, you said that. At the end of the it's day, a it's your choice. Are you going yep. to continue living like you're living, or are you going to make the decision to change That's your it. life? So, and this That's is the it. way I see it, right, Brett, is that... And it's really not that hard. You can make it, you can make it complicated, I mean, but if you keep scary. it simple... Yeah, but here's a, the thing. And there's all these things in fear, right? Yeah, you're gonna face everything and rise, right? Or fuck everything and run, or fuck that's everything it. run. And that's a coward thing. It's a right? choice. You can make a choice. So what you can do. And then this is what we tell our clients, you know, and people that we care about. You know, are you done being coward? Are you are you ready to be the person you want to be? It may be scary, but ultimately, you have to be used to being uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, with making new choices in life because at the beginning of life you knew what like right and wrong is everyone has a moral compass unless you're just a, a lame psychopath um right. right you know you're a lame like like you know right and wrong psychopaths know right and wrong they just choose not to care um the thing is is that when are you gonna actually give a fuck about you for the first time right right I agree. and that's a whole piece and if people don't like i say get your head out of your ass it's not your helmet anymore. Like it did not serve you anything. Um, if you think people loved you for who they were, yeah, all of them people in the games, stuff like that. All, all of this if, prison. If you went stuff, to prison because it was self defense, I respect the fuck out of you. If you went to prison because you, ch you killed a chomo, I want to shake your hand. Right. But at the ultimate choice is when is your life begin? Right. When are Absolutely. you done living for everybody else? Absolutely. Absolutely. You Amen know? on that. Well, Kellyanne, so, Michael Wunsch, I want to thank you again for coming on the show. And uh, thank I, you for I, having us, bro. Thank you so much. Yeah, you're, you're amazing. We, we loved it. It was yeah. fun.
All right, that was episode 80 of The Brett Johnson Show, talking to Kellyanne and Michael Wunsch, a prison politics episode. I want to thank everyone for taking the time to listen to Kellyanne and Michael. They are outstanding individuals who are in the process of turning their lives around. They are certainly making great strides, and we wish them nothing but the best. They deserve our utmost respect, and I thank them fully for coming on the show and sharing their experiences their difficulties, hardships, and the way that they are overcoming those problems. My name is Brett Johnson. Hey, if you like the show, take the time to subscribe. I don't care if you listen to it on Spotify, iTunes, YouTube, whatever. Please subscribe. I appreciate it. Whether you like it or not, subscribe. Just press that subscribe button because I need all the subscribers I can get. That being said, we're going to close out the show. How do we close it out? We close it out the same way every single time. Stay safe. Stay secure. Stay vigilant. More importantly, understand this is the Brett Johnson Show. At the end of the day, just do the right damn thing. I'm Brett Johnson. Thank you for listening. Until next time.